0: All right, welcome back to the Whitetail Experience Podcast. Coming at you hot on a Thursday night, trying to release this thing on a Friday, because Friday's got a good feel to it. It is late in the year, so hopefully you aren't working as many hours. If you are, good luck. And if you still have a buck tag, because Ohio does have a gun season coming in this weekend, good luck if you're still chasing them. Uh, I know, I think... Andy and Dave may go out, Zoe will, but he doesn't have a firearm, so he might not be going. So, kind of wanted to kick things off with a few things. Obviously, this this podcast should be centered, uh, I feel like, around the, the buck I was able to just harvest my, my first out-of-state buck and first year ever doing a double dip and killing two bucks in a year kind of fortunate to make that happen and definitely I did put the video out but there are a lot of things that you can incorporate I feel like into a podcast from thoughts to more elaboration because it is an audio style I don't know people are tuning in to hear and video wise a lot of times they just want the nitty-gritty get in and out um and get out of there. So, so this is going to be a little touch longer format. I'm able to explain everything, walk through thoughts and events, and I think it'll make for for a good podcast. And I think I am going to slice in maybe some infield audio. I got some positive feedback last time I was able to do that. So. Depending how late I stay up tonight, I may do that as well. But if you are ordering any custom gear, and I did get confirmation this code is now uh, working. I think it was taken down for the Black Friday sales, but Lone Custom Gear, enter code W-E-X-P at checkout. I'm actually headed there this weekend, so I'm going to get to know what's coming in the works. It's going to be great. Uh, XOP has some stuff in the works as well. Uh, I think both companies are going to be an outstanding year for them. I will say a uh, new product for XOP that is now on the market or on the website is their like minimalist harness. I want to say it's right around the $50-ish dollar mark. And I come from hunting from the, the traditional muddy harness that comes up the back, a couple big, bigger buckles around the old leg straps. And the newer harness from XOP is a very oh minimalist harness. I think is a touch longer to get into in the morning because it's got very small like buckly square guys. But You barely know it's there it it definitely is a minimus style it's got the uh hooks on the hips for the oh climbing belt and i really like it now after hunting with it for a good bit of time and definitely would recommend it i like the fact that the profile let's call it right in between your shoulder blades area is very minimal so like that's an area of the body that gets hot super fast and so like if that's covered and you see a lot of guys wearing bino harnesses and I feel like that heats them up even more. But yeah, if you cover that middle area of the back, it it, it you heat up a lot faster and you're more likely to sweat. This one is very minimal through that area, which I really like. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I will say this too. Um, any guy listening to this podcast, early 20s, maybe disposable income is a is is something that you don't have a ton of and you're debating between a muzzleloader and a shotgun. I took the plunge back when I was 19 years old and bought a muzzleloader before buying a shotgun. Uh, Well, I take that back. I had access to borrow a 20 gauge uh, uh, scatter gun, but uh, for deer hunting purposes, my first firearm was a uh, muzzle loader. It was a CVA Wolf, a uh, cheap scope Bushnell, I think, came with it. That gun could outshoot me. And so, if you're a guy that's uh, budget conscious and, and looking to get into deer hunting and debating on the two, I would go the muzzle loader out personally. Uh, I like the one shot, very accurate piece of firearm equipment. Plus, it gives you the extra days. I truly enjoy muzzle loader season here in the Buckeye State. I have found the third rut a few times during that season as far as kicking up bucks with does if it snows which it's more likely to do Ohio doesn't get the snow that the Wisconsin northern uh, even all of Iowa really <laughs> but northern Illinois it's we are consistently consistently you know 10, 12 degrees warmer than a lot of those states, and so we just don't have snow near as much. Uh, Cleveland area, obviously, a whole different story. The, the northern half with the lake effect stuff, sure, but I am talking the midpoint of the state to the, to the south. Uh, we do not get near the amount of snow uh, of the rest of the Midwest. Um, I bet Indiana is very much the sim, similar um, in that aspect, but guys looking to do that uh definitely look at the muzzle loaders i even that cva wolf uh, It's still in the gun cabinet can outshoot my abilities for sure the famous shot that thing made you can ask my buddy cory Yager. after a deer hunt we put a bottle of buck bomb and yes that's how long ago this was i mean this was 2009 and i was able to take that muzzle loader and blast a buck bomb bottle at 150 yards and i by no means am a great shot with a gun in fact i'm not that great Uh, but anyways blew up that can fun story there Uh, that's a budget gun budget scope and it could easily outshoot me they're they're pretty much 100 yard rifles now I will say this I've always been a powder guy and if you are budget conscious the pellets are super friendly super quick convenient but powder is significantly less expensive per shot and you get a more accurate load I myself have danced around between the triple seven stuff and now have landed on Blackhorn 209. Now I will say you got to do a little research. Blackhorn 209 sometimes doesn't love some of the CBA models from my understanding. You got to get a separate uh breech plug. Uh, I currently have another muzzle loader in the cabinet. It is a Thompson Center 200 to 250 mark as far as a price point. I'm not sure the exact model, but it's not anything crazy over the top. Um so yeah, let's get into this hunt. Clearly rainy conditions today i joined the orange army and um it's raining cats and dogs and actually some pretty serious rain so i think i'm gonna wait the the first hour or two of daylight let those storms blow out hopefully them hunters in the woods get soaked and they leave and uh plan to spend the rest of the day kind of still hunting and i guess the goal would be to like kick up a buck have him run to 40 to 60 yards and blast him with the muzzleloader so i'm gonna give it a whirl and i'm gonna put some miles on but it is not ideal conditions that's for sure i uh this thing starts off on it is opening day of muzzleloader season and i got the green light from the wife to hunt all day and that's what i decided i was going to do i could not hunt sunday because she was working she said i could maybe drop the kid off and go in the evening but i was like dude there there is something about being in the woods opening day And, uh, you know, it's just, that's the time I feel like you're going to get a buck on on a firearm season. I just feel like they're still out moving around. I myself shot a buck back, I think, first year, second year of whitetail experience. Maybe first year of whitetail experience. I don't know. The hunt's on YouTube. And uh, it was opening day of firearms here, and I was able to shoot a buck in a a pinch point. I'm going to take a Swiggins here tonight. I am starting things out with a twisted tee, you know, the uh, little... Hard iced tea, um, very delicious beverage. Got a little hint of lemonade. Much prefer those in the summer, but you know, need a little swiggins here. So, yeah, I feel like if you're gonna go, go opening day because people are going, people are kicking things up. It's uh, kind of crazy, but uh, definitely a good time to go. So I wake up at two in the morning when I set the old alarm, and going into the hunt I knew some storms were going to be rolling through and I was going to be dealing with rain and saw that the rain really wasn't supposed to clear out until about an hour and a half after like legal light and I thought to myself like if I got a long drive ahead of me I don't think it's necessarily worth it at this point to be there for crack of light uh, be sitting in the dark for say half an hour or an hour because that was when the rain was the hardest and we're talking red stuff and orange stuff so definitely some some more intense stuff uh, rain and elected to push let's push uh, sleep in uh, another 45 minutes to an hour so I think I just bumped the alarm to oh 3 a.m at this point uh, alarm goes off and all right it's time to make moves and I start my journey and sure enough, The those storms are actually pushing through and pushing through. And looking back, I wish I would have been in the parking lot thirty to forty five minutes sooner than what I ended up arriving. And let's call it sunrise time period. Gray light storms are done. Like I wish I was in the woods. Uh, They kind of fizzled out uh, on the on the maps. The the projected maps kind of lied to me at this point. And you know when I'm let's call it 15 minutes out from the piece and the sun is coming up. Man, I am cussing myself saying, oh, I should have been there. I knew better. Even if I'd have got up at two and just been sitting in the parking lot, that'd be better than where I'm at now, not even at the piece. Um, You know, could have essentially been guarding my main entrance by having another truck there, maybe deter guys from going in there. I don't know. At least been learning something. Hell, I could have seen a deer cross the road in the dark. So, I am speeding quickly towards the piece at 15 minutes. you know there it's pretty much legal light at this point. I get there and I do see a group of hunters going into some of the area to the west and I pull into my spot and there's a couple trucks in and around the piece. I you know I did see a, a couple camps on the, on the way or guys in trucks, uh, multiple orange hats. So there there is some people in and around. And I get to my certain trailhead and nobody's there. So I'm I'm like, sweet, you know, I can pull off and I have to, you know, know somebody else is in there ahead of me or if they are, well, they've gotten dropped off or their car's not super visible. I'm not going to feel bad about it at this point. So I load up and at this point, I do elect to take the stand into the woods. I, I loaded it with two sticks. Looking back, I should have just taken one. Uh, minimal camera gear and... Uh, you know gear for the day now side note I definitely forgot my lunch and that was not good Uh, so forgot lunch, realized it. I think when I was about half a mile or a mile from the truck and I said, you know what? Mentally, I'll just be hungry for the day. It'll be all right. I know food's coming at the end of the day. Just going to have to tough it out. I did have my grail water bottle, which was a huge asset to this hunt. Uh, If you guys don't know what a grail uh, water bottle is, it's just a water filtration system about the size of say a Nalgene bottle. You can plunger it, you fill it in a Creek and then plunger it and you got, you filtered water to drink. This allowed me to only have to pack around 20 ounces of water and I could refill it anytime I crossed the creek. And I knew I was going to be mobile that day and I was going to have access to water. So I get back into the woods and I I was like, you know, I need to utilize these rainy conditions wearing, um, you know, I was wearing rubber boots. And I should say this, I was wearing my snowboard pants from back in the day. (laughs) <laughs> because they were waterproof, and the rubber boots were kind of a, a huge negative. I, I had a huge concern there. I don't have the best one ankles. Uh, I have definitely rolled my ankle a good time or two playing uh, soccer and whatnot, and just the support for the side hilling, and, but I knew if my feet got wet, I'd be out of the woods by, say, 9.30, 10 o'clock. It, there was just too much uh, rain that had come through, and there was no way I wasn't going to get wet feet, so I elected to take the boots that were not super conducive to walking a lot of miles. And I've got good rubber boots. They're a more athletic boot, but it's a rubber boot. There's more support in a damn uh, croc. I feel like. So I get back in there a good ways and move into a clear-cut area that I wanted to start the day. I take that back. I poked around a few points where I had some marked beds in, in hopes really to kick a buck out of it, have that thing run, uh, 40 yards and stare back at me you know how sometimes you can kick them up and and they they heard you or saw you but they're not 100% because they didn't smell you and so it's trying to keep the wind in my face it was a very windy day I let's call it 15 plus mile an hour winds pretty much the whole day so I had a pretty good advantage for being on the ground plus the muzzle litter I mean I've still hunted a good amount in my life and you you put the advantage of a gun in your hands and it's it's a deadly combo especially I feel like now recognizing when to slow down and and I'm good at, at realizing hey, this is one step and I'm going to stand for 30 seconds to a minute, I'm going to take three steps I'm going to stand for 15-20 for seconds Uh, just knowing when to pause when to st- stand still and, and just maybe lean against a tree I, I, I am patient enough on the move, uh, some people I think they get in that mindset where they're still hunting and they're walking, walking, walking and they just, they don't have that concept or, or maybe it's a self clock or patience clock to, to not move. And, and so, yeah. And Dave and I discussed too, like kind of prior to going down there that, you know, when you, when you still hunt, right, you can't cover a tremendous amount of ground. So it's something that you, you've got to account for that you're not going to be moving super fast. So I did still hunt some select uh, areas. So uh, I had, I kicked a, a random deer out. I thought and paused and poked around for probably another five minutes and here comes a a doe walking kind of right at me with a death wish and i see her fluff and they see me about the same time and they split uh uh, one goes one way one goes the other probably could have killed them both i think at this point the first deer skedaddled and i I don't know if i saw the same deer twice but but whatever i uh then set the stand up. I was thinking, you know, I saw that group of hunters come in west of me. Maybe I'll sit tight for at this point, you know, is probably an hour and a half after it had stopped raining. Maybe some some people are going to get out and get in the woods. And that didn't produce, but I could hang that stand, you know, six, eight, eight foot off the ground and climb into it. I, I think I was only using one stick, and, and so super fast setup. Could set the stand from the ground. I didn't even ascend into a stick to set it and uh sat there for a bit and it's nice too because when you have a tree stand your feet are level so you got and then you got a seat so i could put that gun in the um bow holder or whatever the sling and so i could climb up there and then just lift it up so minimal up and down effort and really liked uh that aspect of it i then poked around uh another area and it gets to be about noon, and I don't have cell phone signal. And I can, man, it's picking up. The rain is coming. Rainstorm picked up. Got to go to poncho mode. I feel like a Jedi or something crazy wearing this, like, contraption. But, uh, not a lot of hunters in the woods today. So, gonna make my own luck, I guess. The dark clouds of death are rolling in and I'm like frantically texting Andy and Dave hey can you look up weather for the area and let me know is this like an all-day blackout or like you know rainstorm that's coming in and maybe I do need to leave the woods or is there this just a blip on the radar so I uh, poncho up at this point I I did pick up uh, a poncho I do this every year I pick up a a poncho like an earth tone poncho from Meyer Walmart and my, my jackets are rain resistant, not truly rainproof. proof. Uh, so I'm maybe an area I'm going to improve on. Actually, uh, a buddy of mine sent me a, a budget friendly rain jacket from his landscaping days. Um, so I'm going to give that a shot for sure. Very much appreciate that, Mr. Corey Yager. And uh, anyways, I, I stand there with poncho in hand, take this, uh, lean up against the tree, and I just hunker down for this tremendous storm that comes in. And after the rain stopped, the wind started uh, gusting pretty good. And I'm in an area and I can see, I think, some of these ash trees and they're pretty good size and they start breaking. And, you know, ash trees have kind of had a bug that has come through and killed them all. And so, yeah, they start breaking. I'm like, man, maybe I need to dip out the woods or something or, or find an area that doesn't have some of these ash trees in it for this windstorm. So I start to move upward up the hill and I catch movement of a deer coming right at me. Uh, Pretty much the level I had just left when I was leaving to go up the hill and it gets 30 yards and it just disappears. I'm like, I know it didn't leave. And I was like, maybe, and I think it must've either heard me or caught movement of me right at the same time I caught movement of it. And I kind of remember catching the glance of a a head looking towards me. You know how they turn their head and they'll look sideways if you're kind of, you know, it's on one level slightly below me and I'm slightly above it. And I can't find it with the naked eye. I then raise the scope. I can't find it. I lower it. And all I'm telling myself in my head is find that white throat patch. That's got to stick out because I've got uh, a lot of brushy, uh, honeysuckle-y, you know, just crap and cannot find this deer and maybe subconsciously I picked up on the fact it was a buck maybe I saw an antler and, and my brain knew it but I wasn't 100% I was trying to find this thing find this thing and I feel the wind on the back of my neck shoot straight to this animal or this deer at this point and I, I'm like shoot and I see the buck at this point turn his head and I see like three inches of G4 and like solid beam and twos, threes, like, like just solid frame, like no idea how big he is, but something that's got a couple inch G4 is getting shot by me at this point. So I bring up the crosshairs on it and it takes a few bounds and like just zigzag bebops away. And I kind of had its ass in its legs and I caught a little bit more of the, the, the true frame, but I think because it smelled me, it never gave me that, Hey, I'm going to run 20 yards and pause. So it runs dead away from me and then curls back and I can see it going through the bottom potentially. So it ran directly away from me, let's call it 30 yards and then turns almost seven or not 180, but like 150 degrees because it still wanted to come at me, but it put a lot of distance between him and I. And he, I can tell he's going through the bottom or what I think, because I, th- I think actually these ash trees that were breaking and falling, like he was bedded in and around and was running from at this point or didn't want to be near them. So I was already close at that point to him probably, and who knows what would have played out had these trees not broke. Hell, though, I I should have shot this deer. I, it, it, very killable situation. He stood there probably for five to ten seconds, which seems like forever, and I've got a gun in my hand. So, like, if I could have located him and tell he was a good one, I definitely could have shot him. And I do walk around with, I've got a three-by-nine scope on that thing, a Vortex Diamondback scope, and I walk around with it at three on purpose because I, I you know trying to jump shoot something. You don't want to be too tight you want kind of bigger field of view. So anyways, I take off last of the Mohicans trying to catch this buck running through, you know, and my thought is, okay, can I get to where I can see the opposite hillside in case he comes up that and I can shoot him at 60 to, I don't know, maybe a hundred or so yards. Never does. He gave me the complete slip and I thought that was my chance. I called Dave in the middle of this windstorm and he kind of knew in and around where I was hunting and explained the whole situation and just morally, like, dude, that was my chance. So close, like, slipped through my fingertips, type feeling. And and I've had a goal to to get it done out of state and get a second buck down uh, here in Ohio. We only got the one buck tag, and I just this year wasn't really the year to do it because I burned so much PTO on the elk trip. So I didn't, I wasn't able to string together like three or four rut days um, in a row where I could maybe make it happen just by finding the right place to be during the rut I was kind of scatter hunting I feel like most of November but back to this buck that just evades me so I uh filter some water and move about my day and I catch a a good track uh, that that you know I was like well I was like maybe this buck zigzagged that bottom and didn't come out the other side maybe he kicked out this way I was like well there's a couple points over here I was like that might be a good play at this point why not? I, I got a general direction of a track. I tried to follow it as good as I could, but I, you know, I kind of lost it after about 15 yards uh, just due to habitat. But I was like, I got a general bead, and like, okay, if he goes out on this point, this is where he'll be. It it's just looks pretty similar to what he just came from. Realistically, I I think that deer got my scent, and he was he was in the next county. But at the time, I said this is the best play I got. Plus, there could be other bucks out there on that point. You know, let's let's work our way that way. So I actually ditched the stand at this point. And head out this to this point, still hunting, moving really slow. I uh, found some good tracks, a couple marks of some deer eating some oaks. And uh, I actually debated about setting up there for the evening hunt. So I actually see a turkey out here on this point, and that's cool and all. And then I'm coming through the woods and like 20 yards in front of me. Giant, like pretty good framey type deadhead. Uh, if I had to guess... Above 120, maybe not quite to 130, although he was framey. Yeah, pretty cool sign there. And I'm thinking, dude, this area is pretty legit. If I just you know, had a pretty good encounter with a good one and now I got a deadhead of, of a good caliber of a buck, I'd shoot for sure. So I marked some pins there, uh, kind of poked around for a bit and didn't see any other deer, didn't think about hunting there after after this point. And I gather my stuff and I head back uh, towards my stand and get the stand on the back start and I had already made a plan to hunt uh an area for the evening post uh it had been an area somewhat near where I had bow hunted but uh my you know totally different off by 400 yards but like that area right I feel like you have areas and you have spots and areas I feel like could be 500 acres um uh, maybe they're 20 I don't yeah probably more like 20 but you know spots are very individualized uh, location ambush points And then you have the kill tree, obviously, which is, uh, the fine tune where you need to be. So I, I head that way and here I've got a doe with a death wish running around right in front of me. And I was like on a, kind of like a logging road at this point. I would found a logging road and she's got a death wish and she's got a fluff with her. And they kind of move off to the right into some thicker stuff. And I walk up there and then again, they're running in front of me. And I'm like, Oh Lord, guys, um, move about, you know, on from my journey at this point. And I'm looking at my maps and realizing, okay, I'm going to loop around this cut and I'm going to try and get low for the evening hunt. We got pretty good winds. I think 20 mile an hour winds is what Dave told me at our conversation there at noon. And so I thought, I kind of want to be low. I feel like these deer... Maybe they're, they're tucked into the middle part of the ridge or the, the even the lower third with it being a windy day. I feel like if I'm going to have an encounter, that's kind of the area of, of topography I should be targeting at this point. And then let's combo that with the habitat. So I make my way, and actually it's a mile, commute into this clear cut, triple, whatever I want to call it, area that I had targeted for my evening post. And I have two does staring at me when I get through this clear cut. And again, could have shot them. And I don't know if it's the fact that it's windy out and they tried to really confirm everything they're hearing because they've probably been hearing shit breaking and moving and stuff all day. They're probably a little paranoid. So they want to really be, you know, confirm what they're looking at before they take off running. And sure enough, yep, these does give me a stare down for about five seconds and I've got they then they take off. So I sweep around and I'm finding some pretty good tracks and, and a decent amount of poop on these oaks. And I move up five yards. Here's another trail with some pretty good tracks. And and definitely like deer are currently using this. And I'm like, you know what? It's at this point four o'clock. It's dark, dark, dark at like 530. This is going to be the evening post. Uh, I got a clear cut right here too. Hell, I was like, I might see a deer stand up out of the clear cut. Or maybe a deer on adjacent Hillside works its way into the clear cut. So I got a few things working for me at this point. And i take a Swiggins, and at this point, I set the stand, get up in there, I did make a mistake, because I had in my bag a change of clothes, I had two additional layers in a trash bag, and I probably should have grabbed one of them, again, I just had my water resistant coat, uh, kind of an earth tone green uh, jacket from Nomad, and it worked really well for the day, but come the stand time, one, the temperature had been dropping all day, and now it's in the uh, mid to lower 40s, and I'm sitting still versus actually um, moving around, so I definitely get a little cold uh, during this sit, and I'm glad I had some hat gloves or whatever, and the night goes on, and now we're about, let's call it like 15 minutes from closing time, maybe 20 and it kind of occurs to me i have not heard i've heard a few shots throughout the day but i have not heard anything in let's call it the 330 and on time slot which you know at this time of year that's deer movement hours 330 to about 530 you know when it gets dark And i'm like you know if they were moving i would have think i would have heard a a couple other shots because at this point the rain has been over for a couple hours and guys might be hitting the woods and anybody like local would probably be stir crazy to get in the woods uh Being that it's a nicer afternoon. It is windy, but you know, at least it's not raining on you. So at this point, 15 minutes ago, I'm like, shit. I wish I'd have come up with this plan 40 minutes ago or even, you know, half hour ago. 15 more. You know, just give me a a solid yeah, I wish this thought would have hit me sooner, bottom line. So I was like, well, uh, the deer clearly aren't moving. I'm gonna have to maybe jump shoot one or or whatever. So I'm like, okay, I can kind of see a couple points. What are my chances? I was like, well, something could be tucked around this corner edge here. So let me walk this 20, 25 yards over here and at least poke my head around it. So I sneak about over there and it takes me like two minutes to get over there with, with controlled movement. I was on a pretty good deer trail, so I could move pretty good without, you know, making a lot of noise and the leaves were super quiet. And I didn't see any deer over there. And at this point I've already done the math in my head. I said, man, I'll get to the truck by six. I'll be home nine 30. I'm going to order me a nice large pizza and drink some beer. So I set the muzzle loader. I get back to my stand and I, I set the muzzle loader down. I should say this too. If you're going to poke around, you know, after a, a hunt of any sort, I think you should leave your stand up in the tree because you are likely to make an air or a metal noise taking that thing down. And so if you scout a little bit before taking it down, you've at least not alerted any deer within earshot of a potential clang or bang. So I get back to the tree and I go to take the stick off the tree and I hear something behind me. And I'm turn around sure enough, I catch a deer's body coming right off the hillside. Note, I have a buck bed marked on that hillside. I kicked a buck out of that bed last year, I think, in the off season, big body deer, I came off this point in the off season and I was like, no shit. So I grabbed the muzzle loader, and I am cussing myself at this point because if I was six foot up, I could assess this deer. I could find it in the scope. I could see what it is because at this point, I don't know if it's male or female and it works its way and it's kind of working oh parallel to my position coming down the hill from the top and it's not getting any closer, but it's not getting any farther. And then I catch Tyne. I visually see Tyne. And so now I'm raising the muzzle or scope like, dude, I need to know what's going on here. I need to know if this is a shooter or not. Because based on this position, though, I do not want to shoot a small buck and be working. This is definitely, I was not on a doe mission by any means um, and, and wanted to make sure it was a decent buck. And I can't, I can't see it. I can't see it. And then I catch a little more time, but it looks like to me, it's going to dip over this edge into this like bottomy area. And I'm like, well, then it'll be gone for my life potentially, or or I, I won't be able to see it. And maybe even if I do see it, it'll be at 80 or hundred yards versus 40. So I'm, I make the decision to do a last of Mohicans about 10, 15 yard move. And I get over there and I, I finally pick the deer back up and I think it was Eaton Oaks. A- and at this point it's angled towards me. And I'm like, oh shit. And I, kind of saw like a better frame at this point i picked the crosshairs up on him and i actually bumped the sight to i think like six power i gave myself a little more magnification and all i remember seeing is good brows making the decision in my head i think i'm gonna shoot this deer and then uh the crosshairs come down to the vitals because he is quarter two and I probably didn't do the best pull executing the shot, uh, if I'm honest. I feel like I executed my bow shot way better this year than this one. Bam, the gun goes off or whatever. And I kind of thought, oh, and I guess I always doubt myself after a shot. And, of course, he takes off running. And goes through this bottom and, boom, hits this creek. I mean, the water kicked up like uh, somebody just did a solid can opener off the high dive. I mean, it went 10, 12 foot in the air. And sure enough, he runs up the hillside and kind of lose sight of him. And I said, man, I saw that deer run for a while, like, you know, 80, 100 yards. Um, they generally don't run uphill. And clearly he crossed that creek. I don't think I got him. Uh, them crosshairs must have been a touch low. And I've missed a few deer with a gun. I will say that, man, I have met mi- there was one year, I think I missed two or three deer with a gun. And it was glove issues and not so good shooting skills. But so I doubted at this point and cussed myself like, dude, you had two opportunities in a day to shoot a buck and you choked on both of them. I mean, you might as well retire. And I was like, okay, I'm going to check for blood at this point. I've got a little bit of daylight left. Might as well check the site of where he was standing and, and get some better beat on direction, especially if it's a marginal hit or, or maybe no hit. And I walk about 20 yards. I look to my left and here's a deer up on the hill and I can't see his white belly. If you watch the video, he kind of falls awkwardly. But I can't see a white belly, but I can see a deer. I think I just shot my second buck. I can see a deer up there. But uh, a buck came off this hill, like, literally last night. And I had to make a quick decision on the ground, 40 yards. And I think I got him. I am so hyped and I am terrified. I gotta get this muzzleloader relayed and see if that's him. Oh, my golly and I dial the scope all the way to 9 I'm looking I'm like oh shit and then it occurs to me dude I haven't reloaded my muzzle loader I was like oh lord what if this thing is staring cuz I never visually could tell where his head was or where the eyes were looking if it was my deer and I'm like dude I don't have a loaded muzzle loader this ain't, you know I've got to get this thing reloaded cuz my thought is make my way towards that that deer at this point even if he is alive and maybe get him in another shot I mean you, you hit something twice with a, a slug a muzzle loader a shotgun something like that They, they just don't, I mean, that does some damage. So I reload the muzzleloader quickly and I kind of start to work that way. And basically I'm taking a step and then bringing up the scope, step, step, bringing up the scope, just trying to get to him to visually see if he's looking at me. Uh, Cause based on seeing the blob or the deer up on the hill, I'm like, dude, he could be watching me at this point. I've seen deer do that all the time. They run, run away and they look right at their back trail. That's what they do. Anyways. He was done, and um, cloud nine sets in at this point. I'm jacked, and not a hundred percent sure what he is. And I'll let some of this field audio come in at this point. Oh, oh. Oh. I have no big idea what he is. Oh man! Oh, he's a stud. He's all busted up. I can't even tell. He's got good brows. Oh man, I'm freezing. But he's got a nice little eye guard there. He's like a big six, a big main main six. He's narrow, but he's heavy. Oh man. And I get up to him, and it's I'm cold, but I I can't believe what just happened. I mean, literally at noon that day I thought I created the encounter and blew it and you generally don't get a second chance in a day uh, much alone you you normally don't get a second chance in a season let alone the same day so I'm jacked and, and I call Dave and I'm like dude I've I I did it and, and explained to him well, the whole scenario where I am and um he's cloud 9 happy for me I text the wife like dude I'll be home but it's going to be midnight uh and it was definitely later than midnight but just beside myself at this point, I call Jake Bush, I call Andy, and we're all like, you know, just a couple quick quick congratulations and, and, and stuff like that. Heck, I think I, was, I talked to Jake as I was like crossing the creek to go back and get my tree stand and stuff. Anyways, I make my way over to the deer, and uh, I realize, too, I need to be chugging some water because I clearly got a whole uh, pack out ahead of me. And I grab my uh, stand sticks, head for the truck with the bag and get to the truck. And this is, I'm not going to lie, like my feet from wearing rubber boots all of this day and going into the hunt, I had walked, I think, three and a half miles of, of side hills. And then I had to probably walk a mile and a quarter to the truck. So somewhere just south of five miles at this point in rubber boots and my feet hated them, hated me. Uh, the the t- the balls on my feet hurt. My ankles were sore. My feet were physically fi- fatigued because uh, I was having to work harder on any sort of side hill and unstable footing because there's just no support in rubber boots. I changed my socks. Thank God I had a, a change of socks and I put on my Solomons that are a little stiffer and got my bag ready. I took a Cliff Energy shot, which I definitely recommend, and. Let's see here. Got a, a couple of water, the lights, the camera, headed back to the woods and quartered the thing out or whatever. And I need to watch a few more YouTube videos. The back quarter definitely took me way longer than it should have. And the the fronts were fine. the stakes were yeah, like everything else moved about how it should but uh, I definitely need to watch a few more videos, and and it's just like gutting your deer your first couple times. You kind of fumble through some of the process, especially when you're new and and just haven't done it a ton, Uh, but that, that worked well. I got him quartered, and then I put 60 pounds in my QU frame bag and probably like 50 on the 1.0. Oh, I have a note here. I put QU straps on my 1.0 this year. And, uh, I, I definitely, that was a benefit right then and there. When I was going to haul some serious weight that those better straps paid for themselves. Uh, big fan of the Molly straps or, or secondary straps. The custom gear straps aren't bad. Uh, there's just, Dude, I literally had a frame bag on that thing. It was awesome. Uh, I'll say this too: the black Ovis game bags you can buy from Camo Fire that are on there every now and then for sale. They were pretty sweet because you got a nice little tarp in there that, like, so when you're doing your work, you, you got like a place to lay stuff. There's some ref, there's flagging tape, which is nice. Uh, there, the bags themselves have some reflectors on them, so you can see them in the dark. I should note this. Um, I, did I say I forgot my lunch today? I have a note. I don't know. Yeah, I forgot my lunch. Yeah, I made the note of there. But the, oh, what was I going to say here? There was some sort of note about this pack out process. The reflectors were great. Oh, um, and then just being able to move 60 pounds. So I moved 60 pounds, probably about 400 yards, and I'd go back and get the other 50 pound system and, and get out. And that worked really well. I did leave a flashlight by the deer during this process so I could find it in the woods. And I clearly marked on my Onyx the first time I went to leave, like because I had never been in this area. So I marked the access route that I kind of left with when I had some... Eh, I might not have had daylight, but I, I felt like I could maybe make an assessment there at finding the best route in and out to where he fell. So yeah, I, I, I ended up just inchworming my, my way out or whatever. And I, I turned on actually a couple hunting podcasts, this process. Let's see here. I shot this deer, let's call it five to five 15. And I didn't get back to the truck until 11 o'clock. And obviously people are going to be like, well, you know, why didn't you just stay or sleep in your truck? My wife had to work the next day, and I was dad responsible. And she had given me the permission to go, and I'm like, I can't, you know, I got to get home. So it's uh, 11 o'clock. i got to drive back to Ohio. So I got a couple Mountain Dew kickstarts. Hopefully that will get me through this journey. I am dead. My legs are probably going to cramp. Oh, Nellie. So here's another pro tip. I had stopped in the morning on my way down there to get coffee and I had bought two Kickstart Mountain Dew energy guys thinking on my way home it might be nice to not have to stop and at a gas station to get energy drinks. And hell, I got out the woods at eleven. Half the gas stations are closed on my commute home. So that was definitely a, a solid Solid bonus there. Oh, I uh, do wish I would have had a better bone saw. I just had like a uh, saw you would like fold out and like maybe cut like small limbs with. So I got to fine tune my system on this packing out stuff for sure. But physically, that was the way to do it for me. I could see if you shot a doe, maybe doing it all at once. Me, I'm not the biggest dude in the world. I'm kind of more built, um, you know, like a runner or uh like a swimmer i guess so i can move 50 60 pounds pretty good but that moving you know 100 or 110 20 pounds whatever this is this buck would have been um but i'm just super proud of that deer i I definitely if if you're listening to this you want to check him out it's it's i got a cool film on youtube i I didn't make a a full-on extravagant one that i'm going to do like with my bow buck but I thought, you know, get something out there to let you guys follow in our season, uh, know how it went and, and how it went down. The only other note I have here as far as wins of the day or things that worked well was I put a sandwich baggie over my gun barrel and then rubber banded that guy into position. Um, Dave is a big fan of buying like uh, cock tube covers, uh, balloons. something you got it, you know, we had a buddy. Actually, Wade, uh, you guys saw his book on our story. He's kind of a hunting mentor to Dave and myself. He uh, he shot a, a booner this year. Um, I think the deer was maybe 200 uh, last year. Chased this deer three or four years, but last year had a misfire, damp powder, muzzleloader encounter with this buck. And so, yeah, definitely want to make sure you're trying to keep that powder dry when possible. Other than that, um, you know, we still got a little bit of season left. I'm not sure how much Zoe. Is going to be pushing it, or or Dave or Andy at this point? And scouting season's not terribly far away. You know, we're in late December. I have found a couple sheds in late December. Not really looking this year. Probably won't do push the envelope. Actually, I take that back. I'm going to slip out of work on Monday and go grab my trail cams, or at least some trail cams, not all. <laughs> but the wife don't know that. But yeah, like I'm not going to push it too much here and around the. Uh, uh, for the next month-ish and then I'll really ramp up my, my off-season scouting there maybe late January. But appreciate you guys listening. I don't know if I want to... I might go put some audio into this thing and edit it with some of my field audio. All right, guys. Team hard Bucks, we are out and we appreciate your guys' support. Uh, I appreciate the congratulations. I appreciate the thumbs up on socials. My Patreon guys, I really appreciate you I plan to do a little higher level breakdown, tactic wise, on there, and, and and yeah, I just I never thought I'd be doing what I'm I'm doing and have this like this following. We're not the biggest brand by any means, but man, Team Hard Earned Bucks shows up, and and it you know I appreciate everybody who ever reaches out and, and again supports the brand. You guys have a great holiday.